0: Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study passage of scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you.
1: Okay, hello everybody. This is Mike Cleveland. We're doing a special podcast today. I have my wife Jody with me. Hi Jody. Hi. Glad to have you here.
2: Yeah, glad to be here.
1: (laughs) And we also have our special friend from Australia. We're here with Joss all the way on the other side of the ocean. And Josh, so glad to have you here today, and how are you doing?
3: I'm doing well. Um, Mike and Jody, so happy to be here with you.
1: We're happy to have you. This is a a special time today because our world is facing a crisis uh, of unknown proportions. We have a worldwide pandemic, and this pandemic is causing fear, worldwide panic. People are stockpiling. They're looking to men for solutions. By men, I mean mankind. And we just got notice this morning that the state of New York went into a complete lockdown. California had done that previously. And so we have this unprecedented time before us which is really for believers an unprecedented opportunity to help people, to direct and guide them to the rock of their of salvation, the rock, the, the one who can support us and the one who can make us safe in this mm-hmm. time of, of storm. And so, um, Joss, we are happy to hear from you. And I just thought we'd start today by looking together at Psalm 91, and let's use that as a springboard to help focus our thoughts and to begin our discussion. So let me just read a couple of verses, and then we can talk about it together. So I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and verse 1 says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest, in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, Joss, I believe, what version do you have there? Can you read verse one?
3: Yes, uh, I have the uh, ESV version, Mike. Um, In verse one it says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty.
1: Okay, yours says the same thing, the shelter of the Most High. Some versions say the secret place of the Most High. Um, And I like that because it's a place that is unseen by the world. Believers have a place that is, in essence, a secret. Um, People can't see that you and I are living in this shelter, in this secret place. And yet we're finding rest as we do because God himself is a secret place, is a hiding place, is a shelter Verse 2 says, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Now, think about all the things that per- people turn to in the world. Um, Jody, what are your thoughts about things and, and places that people turn to for refuge, for a place of safety in a time like this?
2: Well... Of course, um, in in the time of medical, um, like this is the, the virus, it's a, a sickness. So a lot of times people run to um, hospitals and healthcare providers, hoping that they're going to provide the solution, that they're going to rescue them from um, the disease. And uh, so there's a lot of push for vaccines and and medications and testing and treatments and things like that. Um, and and so it's tempting to put all our hope in the, in man's health um, healthcare and not that you know healthcare is a bad thing it's a, it's a great thing it's a gift from the lord but we can't trust in healthcare sometimes they call it practicing medicine for a reason it's it's not an exact science um, and so uh, we can't trust in man to cure us and then um i think another thing uh, especially because we're on lockdown and and not able to uh, go about our daily routines. So you've seen people running to hoarding, you know, wanting to make sure that they have enough stuff for their um, uh, time in um, in lockdown or quarantine or whatever you uh, or whatever the country's calling it where you are. And um, so there's this, if I have enough stuff, then I feel safe and I feel secure. If I have enough um, food or, you know, uh, health products you know for my house then i'm all right if i have enough cleaning products um then i'm good or hand sanitizer or uh then another thing is media i see a lot of people um escaping into media wanting to just forget about it all and and you know i'm just going to binge watch and not think about the fact that my life is is threatened by a disease so those are just a few things that i can think of but um
1: and, and we want to make sure that we clarify that hospitals are so needed and, and yeah. so helpful and so good. And we do anticipate um, uh, a vaccination coming out for this, sure. which will be helpful and wonderful and save lives. But what we're really asking is here, who is our refuge? Where are, is our place of safety? Um, Joss, what are you seeing there in Australia as far as uh, when we look at this verse, we see the Lord alone is our refuge and our place of safety. But people who don't know the Lord don't have this refuge and safety. Um, what are you seeing people turning to in times of calamity like this?
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I think there's. Um, you see, in the supermarkets, um, the big running towards the shelves and and pushing people over even to tr- try and grab at goods, um, I'm thinking that. The goods will. Um, they can hoard up and and they can feel safe in that. Um, they they're running to uh, talk about things a lot. There's there's a lot of um, dwelling on 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 the fear and uh, and there's comparing stories of how bad it is. And it's not to take away that it it isn't. It's a very serious situation, but. There's, um, there's a lot of feeding on that uh, in talking and in and um, sharing uh, particular sites that show how bad things are um, and that seems to be one way that is, is feeding the fear um, there's um, uh, families that are grouping together and and um, uh, and just I suppose uh, looking to the family for support only and and putting up the boundaries around them against the outside world so it's a very inward looking sort of way of coping and, and knowing and thinking that the family is going to save them so yes um, it's 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 uh, so many ways that um, that we uh, that we're coping and um, that we can't rely on those things they they will fall over because they they will not last will they
1: that's exactly right and you know I might add to that government Right. That, that people are looking to uh, human beings uh, to government to to lead them people are looking to money um, we were in the bank just trying to get some money out yesterday and they had a limit there's already becoming a run on the banks um, you know gold is the uh, way to survive the crash that's coming and you know getting things from the store and so you know government's gold and goodies
4: it oh <laughs> is
1: perfect things like this. Sure. But verse 3 says, for he, God, will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Oh. Um, Joss, it, it, when you look at this verse, for he will rescue you from every trap, what foundation do we have as believers where God has in the past rescued us from something that gives us good confidence to know he will continue to rescue us
3: Mm, it's at the cross isn't it It, it's where jesus has um provided for us by his death and his rising that he has taken all the enemies that we have had in our lives all the things that we have been terrified of um, and he has dealt with them at the cross And that is the basis why we don't need to be scared for the snare of the fowler or the deadly pestilence because he has overcome our enemies, the our fear of death, um, Satan's hatred, um, the wrath of God for the punishment for our sins. He has taken our punishment on him. And it is, um, we know that uh, it's, we uh, we fear inside our souls Um, punishment and that is the basis of fear and he has dealt with that on the cross he has overcome um, fear by becoming our sin for us and uh, taking all the punishment that we deserve on himself and dying to it we dying in him and we rising in him that is the basis
1: and that is wonderful because if you look at the cross Of Jesus Christ what you see is a rescue where Jesus came to rescue us out of darkness so he entered the darkness for three hours it was pitch black because Jesus was performing a rescue as you said he was rescuing us uh, not only from darkness but from the fear of death so that believers We look at the cross and we see that Jesus destroyed death. So we have nothing to fear. He bought, he purchased with his own life's blood, our eternal life. So we do not fear death. Uh, We don't fear Satan's oppression, Satan's temptations, Satan, because according to Colossians 2.15, At the cross, Jesus destroyed Satan and all the principalities and powers of this evil world that we live in. So we don't fear Satan. We don't fear death. We don't fear God's wrath, you mentioned. Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned that because fear, as you said, has to do with punishment. Well, look at the cross. Jesus is being punished. Why? What did he do? Well, he never did anything, but we did. And he took our punishment. Jody, when you look at the cross of Jesus Christ and you see this rescue happen here, how does that give you confident assurance that you will now be protected in life? And it says here, protect you from deadly disease or the pestilence. How, How do you get confidence by looking at the cross of Jesus Christ?
2: Well, On the cross, Jesus rescued me from the wages of my sin, right? Death. And when he did that, he removed death from me. There, it can never touch me. I will never see death. Because when Christ, who is my life, who is my life, appears. I will also appear with him in glory. When I'm absent from the body, I will be present with the Lord. So whether I live or I die, I belong to the Lord. When I look to the cross, I see my life. I see that my old me, the the sinful me, the wicked me died. And we didn't want that person anyway. We Right? We, we I've been raised to a new life. All believers have. We have a new life in Christ. And this new life, is eternal nothing can take it from us and that is how we are protected that's how we're rescued that's how no deadly disease can ever touch me the the me the new me right my body may die and and it definitely will someday but but I will not see death me the real me the new me
1: so we are not denying the reality of the coronavirus we're not just ignoring this, are we, Joss? We're not saying, oh, it doesn't exist. We're we're not those people who deny that there's a reality that may take our lives, the lives of our loved ones, and so on and so forth. But what we're doing is saying that we look at the cross of Christ and we see that he is pledging his own life's blood to not only purchase our freedom from sin and our eternal life, but as a pledge and a guarantee that he will bring us safely through this yes. storm that we're in to the other side. Um, Joss, as we as we think about this, mine's called a deadly disease in the New Living Translation. I believe you said pestilence.
4: Mm-hmm. Same,
1: same thing, same word. Um, what brought us to this podcast today is we were talking, Jody and I and you. We're talking earlier in the week about the CDC guidelines for this uh, worldwide pandemic, mm. and what we were doing is, we, well, we were listening yeah, <laughs> to yes, you, yes, we were happily, and we were rejoicing that what you were doing is seeing Jesus and the cross in the guidelines, even, yeah, because we see it everywhere. The cross becomes our life. Jesus' death and his resurrection becomes our uh, place as source of protection and power and life and hope. And so as we listened to you, we thought, wow, Joss, everybody in the world needs to hear this. And so we invited you on. And so at this point, let me just ask you, um, can you share some of the things that we were talking about earlier uh, that pointed us to the cross so well?
3: Happy to to make it. It's um, these guidelines really. When we looked at them together, that they're, they're, they're such a, a, a rich field of, for gospel reflection. And um, I was thinking of three three areas um, that um, are in the the guidelines that are across the world. Um, we're told that we need to wash our hands, um, wash them well, um, and sanitize our sur- surfaces. Uh, Um, We have touch points um, where our bodies touch others and touch surfaces, and uh, we're told to to clean those touch points. Um, And all this washing and cleaning, it just reminds us of Jesus, doesn't it? Mm. Um, Particularly in in John 13, um, that beautiful story when we're told about Jesus um, uh, getting up from the meal with his disciples And he took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist and he poured water into a a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet and he even dried them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And this this is such a beautiful image of of what the cross does for us. Um, Jesus lowered himself in humility um, as he lowered himself before his disciples. At the cross, he lowered himself for us to serve us in love. And what he did at the cross was he foreshadowed all the, he did all the deep cleansing that he would give to us at Calvary to take all sins upon himself from us and make us as clean and white as snow. Um, his blood washed us clean. And, And uh, as he said to his disciple um, and talked with his disciple, Peter, um, Peter said, look, um, not just my my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And we see that in that complete washing that Jesus does of us from, from, from the very top to the very bottom of his feet, that he washes us clean at the cross Um, And each day we can come to the cross in our fear and we can look up at Jesus and we can see what he has done for us and we can wash our daily sins off and be reminded that we are completely forgiven of all our sins and that um, he has covered us with a a robe of righteousness and um, he, he stood up from that uh, from his disciples, and he reclothed himself in this story, and he returned to the the head of the table, and that reminds us that he clothed us in this robe of righteousness and returned to the uh, with us to his father's table in heaven at his right hand. There's, it's such beautiful imagery, doesn't it? Um and even as we're washing our hands here uh, each day, many times over, we can bring this image of of uh, Jesus' precious washing of our sins at the cross and um, and making us righteous. We we see it in a beautiful um, verse in Isaiah 118, um, come, let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be as red as crimson, they shall become like wool. And um, as we we're discussing together earlier, Mike, we, we reason and we wrestle and we stay at the cross until our anxious thoughts are made peaceful, seeing the peace that he has won for us by reconciling us to his Father. We reason to see the works for ourselves personally, not just a factual, objective way, of, um, but knowing that um, it, it's working deep in our hearts and we see our identity in Jesus as his forgiven and righteous children, Um, We see our old lives of darkness and sin and crippling fear being crucified in his body. And we see our old dead selves lying in the grave and see ourselves walking out of the tomb with him, Um, the stone rolled away. Hallelujah. Um, And uh, there's just so much richness just in in that one point there in terms of washing and drying and sanitizing. And that's what Jesus has done for us.
1: Well, we have in here because this is so exciting and i'm sitting here listening to jody going oh yes uh-huh yes <laughs> we can't Amen. we can't say that while you're talking because it uh, silences you so we wanted to, to just stop and think about this point for a minute that you know jesus when he came to this earth and he went to the cross he took our sin on himself and and second corinthians 5 21 says that he actually became sin for us. He dirtied himself in our sin in order to wash us clean, which is the picture you're describing in John chapter 13, Mm -hmm. when he was willing to take the dirt of the disciples' feet on his own hands in order to cleanse them and and to wash them. This is the picture that you're describing here. And you know, Joss, um, as we are in eternity forever with the Lord, we will look back on the cross and say, Wow, not only our sins, but the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. You took cancer, you took all disease, mm-hmm. all sin, all every ounce of sickness on yourself. As you went to the cross, you became sin and you became sickness and disease. Right. And all believers live forever because Jesus took all of this on himself and died with it. Jody, what does that do to your heart? I hear you amening and umming. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking as you think about this?
2: Well, all I can think is I have the words of Jeremiah just ringing in my head where he says, heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved for you are my praise. And, and that is what he is to us. He is our praise. We look to the cross and we are just flooded with the love of Jesus that pours down from there. And the spirit of God just overflows us with the love of God. And then uh, it spills out uh, of our mouths and, and and out of our hands as we serve people and in all ways of which we can love one another. And it's, it's just beautiful. Thank you so much for bringing out that beautiful point, Joss.
1: So the CDC guideline tells us to wash. It reminds us of what happened at the cross. What are some other guidelines? You mentioned three there that uh, you were thinking of specifically.
3: Yes, yeah, so we're told we have to so- socially isolate from others, aren't we? Um, um, and distance ourselves from others um, uh, for our safety. And, and this distancing, we can... Look at Jesus and his extreme isolation um, at the cross. He he was seen as a vile contagion himself. Um, people were running away from him, uh, beating their chests um, from from the hill of Calvary as they saw him as something repulsive, something they need to run away from, um, because he was at, he was becoming our sin, and he was forsaken even by his father, um, and. Um, and there uh, there is no more isolated place than the cross Um, Jesus on the cross his father distancing himself from his son Um, he was covered in our unholy sin and he allowed Satan to consume him Um, and so this makes Jesus so perfectly suited to understand our isolation at this time when we're locked in our units we're locked, um, or isolated in our houses um, because of the coronavirus um, and in the times ahead and he's, he's a great high priest it says in Hebrews four fifteen, 15 who can sympathize with us in in our weakness and in every way he was tempted as we are yet without sin and He destroyed isolation at the cross because he brought us together with his father. Um, Because he died for us, we're no longer an outcast. We're no longer a stranger or an alien. We are fellow citizens with the saints and a member of God's family, as it it says in Ephesians 2.19. We're, we're, We're joined together with him and nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God.
1: Well, again, you you don't you see two people over here jumping up and down. Yeah. Um, this is sure. wonderful news, and it reminds me specifically of two passages in Leviticus sixteen. The scapegoat was had the sins of the people laid on it, and then it was taken out into the wilderness, isolated, removed from the people, bearing the people's sins away from them. The people would look at that and say there go my sins. God has made a scapegoat for me. Mm
4: -hmm. As
1: we look at the cross, what we should remember is that Jesus is our scapegoat. He was isolated with our sin on him. The second passage it reminds me of is Hebrews chapter 13, that tells us that Jesus was taken outside the camp. Um, And the reason he was is because he was bearing our shame and reproach taking our sins on himself, he was led away from the camp of Israel, away from the people, and taken to a cross, a, a refuge, a hill of trash it was known to be, where people just would dump their refuse, their trash. And there was the holy son of God taken out to this hill of trash, treated like a leper, put in isolation, if you will. And so, Remember that he did that for you. And so when you're isolating, when you're self quarantining, remember that there was one who understands that more than anyone in this world, who was isolated from all people with sin on him, with your sin, your wrongs done on him. And so, Josh, that's yet another way to see the power of the cross is when you think about the CDC guidelines of isolating. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned a third one. What was that? And what are your thoughts on that as well?
3: Um, We're also told that we need to cover ourselves, aren't we? Um, Covering ourselves with face masks in certain situations. um, Cover our our faces uh, if we sneeze. Um, Medical people who are coming into contact with uh, uh, diagnosed cases of Uh, coronavirus they have to you see them on television don't you covered from head to foot with protective clothing and Jesus as the cross uncovered himself for us Um, the very first coverings we see in in the Bible were of Adam and Eve who when they had sinned they ran from God in the garden and covered themselves with fig leaves but Jesus switched places for us at the cross and he took our place and he covered himself from head to foot um, with our sins. So we don't need to hide in fear and shame. Um, he was covered at midday, as you were saying before, Micah, with that thickness of, of a dark thickness that was so around him at the cross. Um, so we would be rescued from the covering of darkness that we used to be, um, to, used to cover us. And he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son he, he covered us with brand-new clothes of righteousness, perfect right standing before his Father. And, wow, what a blessed spiritual covering this is. And uh, He's brought his light into the world, and he's broken through, and he's covered and overcome despair and darkness with his light.
1: Joss, what do you think we're doing over here right now? <laughs> <laughs> Rejoicing
2: in the truth. Yeah. Oh, I just, I love that. Amen to being clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And what an exciting thing to think about. You know, we this COVID-19, the coronavirus is a temporary thing. and We will remember it for certain, but um, it is a temporary thing. Whereas our, our distance from God was going to be eternal. If it had not been for Jesus, if it had not been for the death of Christ on the cross and his resurrection, overcoming death and hell and sin, it would have been an eternal isolation, an eternal separation. But now, now we who were once far off, we who were once isolated by our sin have been drawn near. We have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. And now nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus. Nothing can separate us from our eternal love. That we have in God and that is good news that is a happy happy thing to dwell on in a time of crisis in a time when the world is in panic and and chaos abounds we can fix our minds on Jesus and be centered and calmed and 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 take refuge in the cross of Christ, in our Savior who died for us, in our Savior who rose for us, and in our Savior who lives and intercedes for us even today, this is this is a, a thing to be rejoiced in. The gospel uh, goes forward,
1: and I think of Isaiah sixty-one verse ten, where Isaiah says, "I rejoice greatly in my God, for He has clothed me
4: yes.
1: with." the garments of salvation you look at the cross and as you said joss jesus was stripped naked um on the cross he everything had been taken from him and he had given up everything mm. the purpose of which is to clothe us in these garments of salvation and so we put on the lord jesus christ like you said, Adam and Eve in the garden, they had sinned and done wrong. Then were now afraid of God and were hiding. And they all of a sudden God came to them and they thought he's going to kill us. Uh, but he didn't come to kill them, but to clothe them. Yeah. And so he put to death a sacrifice. And with his own hands or somehow he clothed Adam and Eve, drew them near and in intimacy, covered them. Joss, that's what happened at the cross where Jesus took the nakedness of our sin and gave us the clothing of his righteousness. And now we are clothed in clean clothing in the righteousness of Christ. As we look at having to cover up, as we look at these touch points that you talked about, we're not to, we have social distancing and we're to, to cover up, we have been covered up. We are now clothed fully, um, sort of like the demoniac who was out in the graves and he was chained, and, uh, and, and yet when Jesus came to him, he was found clothed and sitting in his, his right mind at the feet of Jesus, and that's what has happened to us. Mm-hmm. And so we no longer fear. We don't have irrational fears. God did not give us a spirit of fear but of love and of power and of a sound mind and self-control. So we don't fear what the world fears. And this is a most wonderful place to be. Um, Joss, as as we were talking the other day, you had other um, thoughts about this coronavirus and what we're all going through as a, well, not as a nation, but as a world together. Um, What what other thoughts can you share with us uh, today?
3: Um, I suppose we're all sharing something together, isn't it? And we're all, um, we've all got opportunities as Christians to, to be different, to show ourselves as different from how the world is coping. And and what an opportunity that is, isn't it? To be able to, to show the light of Jesus and to exalt Him in, in what we do. Um, I know, just in going to supermarkets and seeing the fear on cashiers' um, faces because they've been pushed and shoved by people as people grab goods off off the the shelves. And what an opportunity it is to show a biblical love, not a fleshly love, Um, like we see in 1 Corinthians 13. um, A fleshly love dishonours others, doesn't it? It, It's self-seeking, it's easily angered, it's keeps a record of wrongs but biblical love is different it comes from the cross of Christ it comes from his love um, who loved us unto death and um, and he, he knew no sin for us so he took that sin and wrath from us so we are free we are free to love others absolutely lavishly um, we're free to forgive others um, radically we're free to serve others um, in a different way and so Seeing people who are around us, who are—you are, can see in their eyes that they are, are frightened. Then we can start conversations and um, find out where they are at, and then share our common goods um, with uh, with others that would help alleviate some of the um, the lack that they're experiencing. Because fear does that, doesn't it? Um, it it takes. Um, takes us to a place, to our self-refuges, where we're looking at ourselves and what we lack and we feel belittled, we feel small, um, just like the ten spies who went over in the promised land and they said, oh, look, we saw these giants and we felt like grasshoppers, but in Christ <laughs> we are not grasshoppers. We are his cherished children and we can share a different type of love to others. Um, I think it says in Acts that we can share our goods in common. Um, uh, All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. And um, that's such an opportunity to to show biblical love to to others um, at this time. Um, And when we are all going through financial difficulties in this situation, people people's um jobs are being on the line or they've lost them already the financial markets are all volatile jumping all around over the place and but God asks us to look at the sparrows in scripture and reminds us how how he feeds each one and and aren't we um more worse than they he says um so You've mentioned, Mike, how the the cross forms the basis of our protection and our provision at this time. So if we're feeling in lack, we look to the cross and we trust that he will provide for us for our needs because he's given us such a rich inheritance, hasn't he, a cargo ship load full um, it is enormously full of what he has given us at the cross and so we're not in lack um, when we when we look to him and we see that his his arms are stretched out wide um, at the cross for us and he says come come to me and I'll give you rest I'll give you what you need Um, and I suppose another way um, that I've seen too that in my own heart when I have been challenged by what's going on, I, I think, oh, my world's being changed. My familiar touch points are no longer there. Um, the normal ways that you schedule your life are just thrown out of the window. And I, 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 I've i struggled with that too. I've struggled with times where I think this is not, this is, this is really hard and life doesn't look the same anymore. But I, I, when I followed my fear back to to my heart and asked God to help me examine my heart with him, um, I realised I was holding on to things that had no worth. Um, they they were not um, lasting things. And when I was, he allowed me grace to give them back up to him and renounce those things to the gospel, then there was more, more freedom. There's more grace in him. There's more he's trying to, he is making us into the likeness of Christ. And... Um, and this is such an opportunity to, to look at our fears and to grow from them and to grow even more in Christ than we ever have before.
1: You, I lost track how many times you used the word others, but this is a different viewpoint than the world has. The world has me at the center, protecting me, stocking up and hoarding for me, Uh, making sure that I have what I need. And the believer has learned at the cross to be others focused. Jesus came to a world that had no righteousness and he came and gave what he had. Mm -hmm. And we've learned to be other centered from that, where we watch Jesus giving up every single thing he had, laying his very life unto death, shedding his blood, breathing his last, to save us, to rescue us, to redeem us, to reconcile us to God, Mm -hmm. uh, to remove the wrath of God. He gave it all. He gave everything. Why? Because he looked out on the world and he had compassion in his heart for them. And he went in passion to the cross. And your description of what can we do for others? How can we give? How can we meet their needs? How can we give to them what they don't have? All flows from the cross and Josh, I really love your your focus there because you know Jody and I know that you've struggled in your past with fear um this and the wonderful, marvelous thing about it is. From the cross of Christ, you are, um, in essence, fearless now. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that you come across is bold and confident in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're even writing a book to help others experience this same kind of confidence in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so um, as we kind of bring this to a close, let me ask you a personal question, which is, Joss, why do you not fear right now? Why are you not like the world and, and wanting to hide in some secret place, uh, some area that you can you know, buttress yourself from the, the surrounding crisis? Why are you other-centered? Why are you confident and calm in this horrible crisis that we're going through? Can you just share that thoughts with us about that?
3: And you're, you're so right in saying that I have um, experienced so much fear in my own life. Um, we're, we're all experiencing fear now, but um, it's not to say that we haven't feared things in the past, and, and, and something that I've grappled with as a real struggle in my own life for a long time, such that even at the end of the day, just to be exhausted to put my head on the pillow. Um, from trying to grapple with with fear that that paralyzes you doesn't it it it, it makes your heart race it makes you sweat sweaty palms it it, it causes your your body and your, your thoughts to go into paralysis and that's what fear does to you it, it makes you small um, but when you look at the cross <laughs> um, Mike it's you go out of that refuge of self-protection of um, of being uh, looking at yourself and putting yourself as number one, of pandering to yourself, pampering yourself. and But uh, go to Jesus and then when you see his cross, there's a different refuge to live in. And it is such a beautiful refuge where there is freedom. There's freedom from fear. There's freedom from the dread and the anxiety and the bondage to self-crippling fears that beset us. And when we're there, we see his, his head, and we see the crown of thorns going deep into his skull and we see the the blood that flows into his eyes and even though his eyes, after the beating he got, were swollen that um, was a weapon against you. I, I love you. I accept you forever. And... Um, you see, my wounds—they are wounds that speak love into your life, love that overcomes dread, love that overcomes fear and anxiety, and um, and makes us eternally secure, eternally protected from from harm. So that is the basis for the change in my life because Jesus has shown me what His love is, and it has washed and washed and washed me um, from the fountain that was opened up in his side um by the soldier that pierced his 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 heart at the end there and uh, and a fountain of of water and blood flowed from his side so that it washes me clean whenever I feel fearful um because we can't wipe out all fear out of our lives. it is part of the human condition, but we can come back to the cross and we can walk in calmness, we can walk in um, uh, a sense of rest and peace because Jesus has been our ransom for us and, and made us into reconciled children of peace. Um, that's the basis of how we can live our lives in this time of coronavirus.
1: You just Amen. keep coming back to the cross. Yes. You just can't get very far away from the cross. And, and I can tell that this is the secret place that we are able to dwell and where we don't fear the arrows that fly by day or the pestilence that stalks by night, because we see the one who purchased our eternity. And our eternity is, like you said, Joss, it's secure, It's been purchased. It's been signed in the blood of Jesus. And as you look at the cross and you see him pledging his own body, his own soul, his life, his very life for you, then hear these words, I will not lose you. Uh, The good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep, and he will not now lose us. And so I love how you are confident in him because you've learned to keep coming back to the cross to rest there again to receive protection strength nourishment everything that's needed mm-hmm. uh, is found at the cross jody how about you why are you not fearing in a time where the whole world is fearing
2: oh, well you know uh, it's also speaking i was thinking of colossians 3 where It says, um, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, right? And the only way that the peace of Christ can rule in our hearts is if we are looking to the cross of Christ and seeing again and again um, the reassurance of his death in our place. And then we see the empty tomb where he rose again and overcame. And as we rest in his death and in his resurrection, the peace of Christ that passes all understanding Nobody else gets it until they themselves look to the cross and receive this um, healing that comes from the wounds of Jesus. Um, but as we look to the cross, that's how the peace of Christ can rule in our hearts. And, and that's, that's what it does for me. You know, in my past, I was, I was just like Joss, right? I was describing her past of just being anxious and fearful and consumed by that. Um, my life was run by fear and um previously and now it is run by faith faith and the one who died for me the one who rose for me the one who lives for me and and that's that's our message that's our hope that we offer to a lost and dying world is there is a savior there is a way there is an anchor for your soul there is a place of peace there is a place of refuge you can come to jesus and find that satisfaction that longing that safe uh, refuge in him
1: that's wonderful as we bring this to a close i want to think about jesus description of two different types of people one type of people build their house on sand and when the waves come and the wind blows, that house crashes with a mighty crash. I think about that because trusting in the government, trusting in gold, trusting in goodies, trusting in the things of this world and in, in man and his solutions is building on sand mm-hmm. and is not a temporary stru- is a temporary structure. The other type of people build their house on a rock. And in the Bible, Jesus is described as the rock that was struck. Uh, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And Moses dwelled in the cleft of the rock, the indentation in the rock. And he was safe from the wrath of God, from the glory of God which would smite us sinners. Moses dwelled in the indentation in the rock. Well, likewise, when Jesus was pierced on the cross, those wounds that he endured can become our dwelling place. Mm. And as we live at this secret place of the cross, Jos, we are building on the rock and the winds can come, and the waves can crash against us, and the coronavirus can encircle us, Mm -hmm. and we are safe and secure in him, and we have no fear, and we're able to be others-focused. Why? Because our house is built securely on the rock. I'd like to ask the three of us to look out over this world and see people who are hurting and see them crying. Maybe they're with their families, and maybe, maybe they have the coronavirus and they're not doing well. Maybe they've lost a loved one.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we're going to see a lot more of this lately. You know, in the next coming months. We're going to, to hear stories, and we're going to, it's gonna to touch us. Yeah, sure. Think about them for a minute, and the three of us together, let's just say a brief prayer for those people, and I'll start here. Father in heaven, we come to you right now. We're looking to you right now. You're the God who has given us promises in your word, promises to cover us with your feathers, promises to provide for our every need, promises to protect us from the arrow by day and the disease by night that stalks invisibly. But how do we know you're good for it? And the way we know that is because we look how you gave your only son. God, you gave the best. Yeah. How would you not give the rest?
4: Yeah.
1: And I pray for somebody right now who's quaking in fear. Maybe their body is hurting and is racked with pain. And maybe they have the coronavirus or know somebody who does. Oh, God, would you right now make known to them the secret place The cross of Christ, where they can be forgiven and pardoned and freed and protected and kept safe. Mm. God, draw somebody, please, right now, oh Father, who might be fearful and give them faith faith that overcomes the world, faith that moves mountains, faith that makes them more than conquerors, Mm. faith that is like a shield that protects them from everything going around them. Would you do this in Jesus' name? Amen.
2: Father, You are the God of all comforts. You are the Lord who saves. You are mighty Mm -hmm. and powerful. You reach to the uttermost. There is no one who has sinned too great or become too ill that you cannot uh, rescue them, that you cannot ransom them, that you cannot bring them um, into heaven with you. And uh, Lord, I do pray that if um, for all those who are hurting today, for those who are afraid, those who are panicked, those who are confused, those who are questioning um, your goodness, I pray that they would look to the cross and see that you have given all to save them and to sanctify them and to secure them for all time. That no coronavirus or any other ailment, disease or frustration or calamity or depression or discouragement or anxiety can, can thwart you, Father. You are good. Jesus, you have overcome and we rest in the finished work of your that you did on the cross. We trust in you for today and for all time. And I just pray that you would be the God of all comforts. Help us to comfort others with the comfort that you've given to us in Christ Jesus. I pray all these things in Jesus.
3: Amen. And Lord, I pray that you'd lead us to the sure rock of our salvation. Lord, that is higher than our fears, that higher than the overwhelm that uh, people might be feeling at the moment that is strong like a fortress to protect us from eternal harm. You didn't spare your, your son, Lord, um, but you gave us up, him up for us all so that you'd know that we'd never you'd never let us go. Help us see the bleeding wounds on the cross in your hands and your feet and your side that speak to us of your love. Will these wounds heal our sicknesses. And, Lord, we pray that you give us grace to run from us our self-refuges of aloneness and, and fear into your safe shelter, Lord, where we can abide in you because Jesus has overcome every enemy. Lord, we see you on the cross and as you gave up your last breath, you exhaled in rest and finished your work and we can look at that at the cross and see you exhaling and we can exhale in rest as well, knowing you have it all. You have control over what is happening to us. Father, I pray that the cross of Jesus will become so precious to each person listening and that, as Peter said, Lord, not just my feet and my hands and my head as well, may we desire and yearn for you in our lives more than anything as Jesus longed to do your will and to show the greatest love of all in laying down his life for his friends at the cross. Help us do as the old hymn says, Lord. Um, turn our eyes into Jesus, looking full into your wonderful face so that the things on earth that we are going through at the moment with the coronavirus will grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
0: This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.